tip. Good afternoon. It is February 26, 2024. You're listening to a little column A, little column B, hosted by Will Limonos and co-hosted by Zach Bishop. How are you doing today, buddy? What is going on, Will? Have to bring something up. We haven't talked about it in a while, but records, basketball records. A Texas man broke the record for a half marathon, marathon while dribbling a basketball. Is he the best basketball player in his group, or is he the worst basketball player in his group? I don't think he's very good. Is that is that bad? Like I, my first assumption is like, well, if you really like basketball and you're really good at basketball, you'd be playing basketball. You wouldn't be doing some sort of alternative. Now, that's not to say you can't be a multi-sport athlete. You know, there's pickup ball. There's it's not all it's not all fully committed. You know, strictly basketball guys. You get a couple football football players, ex players, and some other sports. So. It's not, I'm not saying he doesn't belong here. I'm just if you're asking me my first impression on it, it sounds like he's a lot better at running than dribbling a basketball. I I, I don't know if I'd want to do this for that long. Like, do you think running is easier by dribbling, or is this? It seems like an obstacle. Oh, it's definitely it's definitely a challenge. I just wonder if it makes it. You just you have something to focus on, and rather than just running, it's like okay, you're dribbling a basketball, and then maybe you think it's cooler than oh, well, these people they're just runners, but like I'm kind of a basketball player. I, he ran really fast, uh, average pace of uh, six minutes fourteen seconds. So he's cruising with with a basketball, and I think you know you you, you play basketball. You, you're always told you're faster without the ball, and there's very few guys that are like even close to the same speed with the ball. But I agree with you saying, hey, if this guy is dribbling and running for this long all that training that's time you could be in the gym playing basketball so i i've, I've played basketball i played basketball with a uh an ironman uh guy and he was very strong and even when he was training he would say like basketball all that up and down the the quick cuts it's just totally different than the endurance so I, maybe it's strong to say he's the worst one in his group, but I, I would think, you know, this is a little more of a of a circus act than, hey, <laughs> you know Jerry? Yeah, yeah, the, the guy we play pickup with all the time is really good. Yeah, dude, he just ran a half marathon. Uh, I, I don't think that was the case. Did they – this is already information we probably don't have, but do you think – he must have dribbled with both hands, right? Like, he didn't go the whole way with the right hand. He had to have used the left, right? You just had to. You You must have, just otherwise you just get bored. I want to. No, I. I, no, wanna... no, I think here, here's the here's the better question. Okay, you're dribbling with your right hand. Is it kind of free form? And sometimes you know you're dribbling with the other hand. And yeah, I mean he's cruising, six minute miles. Because uh, I'm thinking if I'm out there, I, I'm not. I get. I guess he's really trying to set the record. But if I'm dribbling, I mean I'm crossing over. I'm doing spin moves. I'm I'm doing all sorts of you know. I'm just getting wild out there. Do you think he? can make a business out of all of this that you know by by the time you finish the marathon you you'll actually be able to dribble with your left hand like can we just sign Jalen Brown up for this do you think think like one or two marathons and then he'll have a left hand or 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 how, how, how many miles do you think it'll take before he'll learn to dribble with his left hand I don't think that this would be the correct strategy to improve your left hand I think it would but I think there are going to be much better drills and exercises that you can do to improve your left hand i was trying so hard to force that joke in there i, I really just want I, every time i think of somebody struggling dribbling he's the first example that comes into my head it's it's terrible it's it's a gift and a curse because he's simmons calls it a 90 10 thing where he's like 90 percent perfect and there's this 
quirky 10% that just sometimes dribbles off his foot or his knee or whatever silliness. And it's, it's bad that I, I keep remembering him for that, but there's other things in basketball that are remembering for, for different reasons, some for fun, some not for so much fun. And the court storming throughout college basketball has been a controversial opinion of mine for forever. And I think you're going to immediately come out and say, well, I've always been against it. And I just want to reiterate that it's not that I've been against it. It's that I think we need to have a little bit more structure on who qualifies to be able to actually court storm. I don't think every school has the right to do it. I, I think if you're like an established program, you don't ever get to run a court storm. If you won a championship, like within the last 10 years, you don't ever get the court storm. Now, I think establishing these sort of rules lowers the amount of them, and thus you'll have less sort of circumstances like happened this past week where another player, a quote-unquote star player in your words, was was hit and uh, made contact with after a loss during it. I, I have a solution for this as well. The court storming, seeing how we're never going to be able to get rid of it. I already know you're going to bring that argument. Like, we can't get rid of it. Like, we've already tried the security. We've already done all of this. I think certain games that I think qualify for the court storm, it's almost like when you lose, you it has to be like a fire drill. Like your team has to just get off the court. Like you can't, you can't just be where he was, where he took his time getting off, and, and then you're you're in the mess. You just can't put someone in that situation. It's like, well, you know, maybe we could slow the crowd down. Like, good luck. You're not gonna be able to do that. If anything, let's speed the players up. It's like if you guys truly want to be safe, it's like a fire drill. You lose the game, it sucks. You got to get over it. You got to get off. Got to get off the court. I can't think of any other way to really compromise this without saying we can't do it anymore. But if we are going to do it, maybe let's let's give certain teams that, that, that too many people feel like they have the right to do it because everybody wants to do it, and that's a totally normal college thing. But I just don't think every school has the tr- is truly deserving of, of of having the right to do it and should be able to do it. So lower the amount of them, and let's practice it like a fire drill, and we won't have cases like this anymore. Or if we do, we'll have far far less because we've already had the Caitlin Clark thing, and now. The uh, Filipowski thing, and it's it seems like it's getting a little bit more momentum, and I don't know where we go from here. But I, I imagine you have always been pro court storming, are now at the other end of some of the consequences of this. How how are you feeling about it? Have I converted you, or are you still all for it? Absolutely not on your side. Not even close. Not even close. There were multiple court storms last week. Uh. UConn, they got beat at Creighton. They got destroyed at Creighton. Court storm. LSU, on a last-second miracle uh, shot, beat uh, Kentucky. Also a court storm. And everybody everybody liked it. It always leads Sports Center. It's very popular. You're mentioning, hey, you know, you got, we got to come up with rules for this. Kind of the whole thing is that you're breaking the rules. And especially for rules breakers, I mean, college kids are right up at the top of they don't have to pay the fine. Uh, in the ACC, there actually isn't a fine. In the SEC, I just found out uh, recently that it's not a fine. Not, not not just that you pay a fine. You have to pay the fine to the other school, which I thought that was an interesting, interesting wrinkle. So each conference kind of has different rules. But I think the issue was this specific court storm where, Flip, you said, fire drill, you got to get off the court. All right, you know, I, I don't think that he was lingering out there. There are multiple pictures going around that the fans were on the court before the game ended. Now, there was a game earlier this week, I'm trying to think, where this also happened, and it was close where it wasn't sure if the, the basket had gone in. So it really could have been a, a huge issue. It, it turned out, you know, it was fine. But I think that is the issue right there, is that 
it's not about following these because I in general agree that there are certain schools Duke doesn't court storm they they rush the field in football it's just different levels and I think it's difficult to exactly put your finger on what the rules are because I think you said you know if you haven't won a championship or if you've won a championship in the past 10 years all right you know that that, that seems like generally okay but there, there's different schools that okay after that you just fell off a you know off a cliff and you've been terrible for seven years and then you have one good year and then it's against the number one team in the country and it was a buzzer beater I think like you can get like all sorts of nitpicky with the rules and the college kids are never gonna follow it the problem with this one was that Wake was not prepared at all uh, security wise because uh, like I said we just saw a couple of these court storms recently Creighton did uh, did a pretty good job other schools do better or worse where they're not trying to stop the fans because they know you can't stop them but you can at least direct them out of the way and it's like okay you like you said it kind of goes a little bit with your fire uh your fire drill is all right you get over by the team section so the players keep going and i think most fans get it and most fans aren't looking to go up at the other team i think duke just takes people to another level i mentioned it a couple podcasts ago that <laughs> It's like when I'm watching Duke basketball, I'm a different person, especially when it's UNC. I just, and I'm sure, you know, fan is short for fanatics. This is what Jalen Rose says all the time. And I think it's just, you get one or two uh, bad apples, and I don't think that should ruin it for everybody. Despite what, oof, Duke, uh, as, a, as a whole fan, I am very much in my own little bubble here. They are big mad. I, look, I understand why you should be mad, but the the idea that it's a case by case situation and it doesn't happen a whole often, and that there was anything they could have done to prevent it, it's like there's, there's really not. I think, like, I, I almost feel like you're at fault for not getting off the court at this point. I they're gonna come early, and it, you know we say this all the time. If you don't want to be in the situation, you know what you got to do. You got to win. Just win the game. Exactly. You so, got to win, and I, there's a certain level, and I. The news hasn't come out all, all the way. Uh, just before the podcast, I saw just a headline that said, uh, Flip still sore. Status is uncertain for Wednesday. So if he gets hurt, this is only going to get worse for just everything. But ideally, it's like, hey, you know, you got, you got ran into, wasn't expecting it. It's not not good by, by any stretch, but it's like, all right, we can, we can all move on from this. But, you know, if there is a little bit of, hey, you know why we really need to win this game? Because we want to keep, all these fans in their seats, you know, the, the similar of when you're on the road and you hit a big shot and the whole crowd goes silent and certain players saying, I like that more than playing at home. This sort of thing of, yep, you guys thought you were going to come and get an upset today. Nope. And well, actually, that, that's something else uh, that should, should be brought up now that uh, sports gambling is much, much more illegal and much people are more aware of it. It's not as, as hidden as it was even just a few years ago. Duca wasn't favored to win that game. They were a two and a half point underdog. So you're you're mentioning the the, the storm rules. This it's, is a great example. It, it, you 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 won. Uh, you 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 covered uh you covered the spread by one and a half points, and so it it, it wasn't an upset. I I think that's another reason to to say that we we have to be able to cut this down. What do they they come out with like rankings once a week? Like what if every once a week they they told you like these are the games with the potential court storm, and it was almost like bulletin board material where your team is at jeopardy of like hey guys if we blow this one they're coming on the court like we've already green lit it like the only way they don't is if we win so like is that is that not good tv is that not good entertainment if it was kind of pre-announced almost before because 
the wildness of it all is, is is actually kind of the recklessness of, of like you said, it's almost negligence of them thinking like there's no scenario where they're, they're this might happen and that they're so unprepared for it. Like maybe we should go into every game thinking like, hey, anything can happen to these college games, which is why I'm going to yell at you for the next thing of talking me into this goddamn sport. Michigan State lost again. It was a buzzer beater. It was brutal. I felt all of the pain you mentioned all of the last couple of weeks of the UNC Duke nonsense. It all it all built up into one thing of like, why do I like this thing? All, all it does is all it does is give me pain. There's there's no joy in any of this anymore. It's it's just suffering and inconsistency. And I can't stand Michigan. I can't stand the Izzo hate at this point. It, it's hard to defend when it seems like everyone's really pissed off at him and that the team is just underachieving. And the only thing that we have on our side are these goddamn numbers that don't make any sense. Like the, the eye test is so bad. And and yet somehow Kempom, like this is, this is one of the years, the few years where I've really watched all of the games. Like I've been committed. I've been watching regular nights and I haven't just been watching the big games. I've been watching all of them, any close game, any weeknight, weekend night. It's, it's every night I've been watching them. And there's been years of the past where I've kind of cheated a little late like cram because it's like everything goes up and down fluctuates so much around the season that you're kind of better off just seeing how does it all end up right around right now and just cram all the knowledge you can but this would have been a year where if I wasn't watching I would have been like wow look at look at Michigan State still in that like top 25 Kempom and, and not really connecting a whole lot of wins and what a what a sneaky team I'm here to tell you I've watched all of their games this is not a sneaky team this is a bad team and they don't pull off the miracle of beating Purdue this week, which is really the only chance I have of, of making any momentum for them. Because even if they do that, I still I still see them eventually just bouncing back to the floor that they they hit so frequently this season. I can't believe you talked me into all the sports. These these kids, these inconsistencies, the mistakes that they make, it's so brutal. It's it's awful to gamble on, and it's really hard to root for. It's 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 all over the place. I'm I'm new to all this. This is perhaps suffering that you have been well adjusted to and yet still are working on do you have any advice for me well i just want to go back to your storm idea uh we're getting towards the end of the year but i think maybe we should do that we should be the ones on the podcast we'll come out with a with, with a storm warning and i you know it'll fluctuate each week on how many uh you know we're expecting and then we can kind of track ourselves and see uh you know you know, was the game close? Did it result in a storm? And you'll play a little, little weatherman here. Maybe. I, I'd, I'd also more rather hand out the disciplining of being like, hey, you guys, like the Wake Forest one, it's a borderline one. You know, I, I still kind of consider them a basketball school. I've heard of them because of basketball. They have a lot of successful NBA players that are superior to, to a lot of other schools that still adds up to them not being the best basketball program. But they were favored this game too. Like that, I, I, there's, it's it's tricky. It's hard to really draw a line. I think you could argue so many other times but as well. But you knew, as... you knew they were gonna storm. Yeah, no, I, I, did. I, I, I found I found a little stat for you before we get over to the Michigan State stuff. When Duke loses on the road, they get stormed seventy three percent of the time, and that has got to be some sort of like in the modern era. And I don't even know if that means when uh, we had the down year during COVID, if there were just no fans. So if that played or if they took those out, but I mean, basically three quarters of the time, that's a lot of the time. So I, I take it as a, as a sign of respect, you know, when they stop storming uh, us, that's when I, you know, have to be concerned, but to your Michigan state point, you seem like you're down and I always try, you know, as a fan and it's way harder in college, but you know, never too high, never too low. You know, the past couple of weeks, 
You guys were, you're inching up, you're inching up. You guys were knocking on the door to get ranked, knocking on the door. And then just two games in a row. I, I just, I still don't know how that guy hit that three at the, at the buzzer. Uh, you, you were draped all over him, but this is how you got to think about it. Izzo has been doing this for a long time. You set the expectations at a certain level. Now it's only February next week. Before next week, it will be March. That's when Izzo thrives. He doesn't want the bar getting set too high. You're ranked. All of a sudden, you know, expectations are a little bit different. He brings those expectations down. And now all of a sudden, you're going to go into the tournament and you're going to be a 10 seed. Oh, man. All of a sudden, you're favored against the seven. So you beat the seven and now you're going against the two. All you need is then to have a have a close matchup there. And then if you pull that off, sweet 16, everybody's happy. Everybody. Everybody in uh, Michigan State land, very happy. I would be happy if I had just not watched the season then. Let me just skip to the finale. The, the season's too hard. It's too, it's too much of a roller coaster. Especially a team this year where, what would we come in? Fourth ranked? Top five? They were a high yeah, ranked. Yeah, you were number four. I don't think that we looked like a four seed at all this year. And that, that's, that's that, way that more concerning. sometimes. I mean, anytime you go, I usually, I, I, there's got to be numbers on this, but, you know, 75% of the AP preseason stays in the, you know, the top 25. I don't know what the numbers are. I'm sure there's got to be something like that. But it was uh, last year, UNC started at number one, and then they didn't even make the tournament. So this happens occasionally, but I think more often than not, if you start as the number four team, you're going to stay at least in the in the top 25. So I think this was just an unusual and yeah, the, the metrics, you know, they're, they're, they're still a fan. So I still think that there, there's something in there uh, that, that can turn around. And all you got to do is get hot in March, whether it's I, I don't I doubt it'll be in the, uh, in the in the Big Ten tournament, just because I don't think that Izzo really makes that a priority compared to the to, to the big the big dance. But yeah, you never know. I think we're going to take down Purdue on Saturday. Like that's that's going to be it. That's going to be the forget Illinois. Let's make up for everything. This is this is a prayer of hoping that we're just the more desperate team at a more desperate time. And this and- was a this was a rough week rough week for you and your predictions. You said that Miami was going to upset Duke, and Duke won by uh, by by thirty. And you thought that UConn was going to destroy Creighton, and Creighton destroyed UConn on top of the Michigan State stuff. So I'm hoping last week was just a blip, and you can get back on your uh, on your on your winning ways. Well, that, that's the one I feel the least confident about of Michigan State taking off. I do have other games, but before we get to some of those games, let's talk a little bit about some of the past games here. And the the white suit on the sideline of Rick Pitino and St. John's, who sneaks out a win and just keeps the train going? I don't even think they snuck out a win. They were up double digits, like almost the, you know, the, the, the whole whole time they just kind of held them at arm's length i think at one point they might have creighton might have cut it to five but i think creighton had that huge win and then they thought yeah we're gonna have a fun new york city trip and slick rick in the whiteout and he i did you uh hear the backstory he he his old white suit from from back in the day it didn't fit anymore he had to go he got to go talk to the tailor the tailor said hey shop's closed and he begged him and <laughs> the guy made it happen for him rick's gotta be comfortable and we just found out recently that, well, not this part, but we knew that the uh, the the Big East tournament is at MSG. It's always been at MSG. That the St. John's games 
that's where they play like half their home games. But during the tournament, those are going to count as home games for them, not as neutral site games, which is going to make it more difficult because, you know, it's not too hard to travel to, to New York. And especially if they're playing UConn, Connecticut's not that far away. They're going to, they're going to definitely show up. So you're going to have to play this neutral slash maybe away environment, but the metrics are going to count it as a home. And they, I think still need, a couple of uh, big victories, but boy, was this a step in the right direction after last week. Uh, you know, we didn't bring it up, but he had really slammed his players, but got, got a win at, uh, you know, against Georgetown. And now this Creighton win, uh, probably the biggest of the season. So it was all worth it, right? It's, it's good coaching now. Now that they got a big win, it's it's good coaching. Like this, is, this is the whole Izzo thing. We're going to be all over him all week here. It's been, t- it's been awful on the social media things. I follow way too many Michigan state podcasts and, and YouTube stuff and, Boy, man, this is this was a. That, I, you think I'm I'm not nearly as distraught as some of those people who are already coming for his head. Like it's been too long. We're not doing the adjustments. We didn't do the recruiting. We don't do any transfers. And it's like, well, wow. Well, it's just. I thought we still had Izzo. Like I didn't realize we needed all of that. Like you know, there's can we stand up for ourselves like a little bit here. It's just it's been a it's been a rough year. But I, I maybe maybe they'll have a tribute for him next year. Like some of these other guys, like Beheim. I, 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 we haven't really discussed this directly, but he was fired last year, was he not? Like in reality, like he was, he was let go, and to have like a really it, quick tribute the next year, it was for sure weird. And and for him to kind of act like everything's all right, and the other weird thing is, is that they are way better this year than they have been of the last like five years. So, I, it's it's it just seemed like a. I, I'm not upset over the situation. I, as long as they're all happy, they're happy. I just thought it was. A weird timing thing, and that, that wasn't the only timing thing. The, the Caitlin Clark thing you brought up too, with her logo on there. Like, are we doing these things too quick, or do we like that we're not really doing the politics of thinking about this and you know who has the right to do it and just just doing it because it's going to happen eventually. It's it's like we can either say yes now or we could say yes inevitably. It's it just seemed to, the timeline was just a little strange. Are we doing this too fast? The the Jim Beheim one snuck up on me. It doesn't super surprise me just because. It's a very much a, a Syracuse heavy topic. So uh, even though playing in the in the ACC just you know did, didn't come across my radar until they were doing that, but I could see maybe there's a sense of urgency. He is not a young man, so making sure like, hey, let's do this while he's you know able to you know remember this and this is going to be a good thing. But it does seem quick where it was just. I mean, it's not even a year since, like you said, was it a firing? Did he let, what, what exactly happened? So I'm kind of surprised that he even wanted to come back, but maybe it was at the time he was just frustrated by the season, by a couple of rough seasons. And so, you know, he, he, we always say these endings never are good. They're always rough. So maybe just like a little bit of a distance. He's announcing ACC games now, seems to be enjoying himself. So Maybe that's why it was a little sooner than than we might have thought, but I do think that the the Caitlin Clark, uh, what are we calling it, a a decal, uh, a spot on the floor. So they the 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 arena put what did they put put Clark and her number and they put it right where she hit the 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 shot to to set the 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 women's points record. I think the idea of putting different tributes on the court is very cool. I think more arenas should do that. Uh, I think this one works out really well because it's not near anything else because it was so deep. But that only happened 
like a couple of weeks ago. I mean, couldn't we have waited till next year? It just seemed like the perfect opportunity for next year to have Caitlin Clark Day, and they they unveil it before the game, and she's able to you know to be in attendance, and there's like a little you know fanfare, and it's a bunch of fun. Where this is, there's already fanfare because Caitlin Clark is still there. And every almost every game I'm seeing on X before the game, the line of people, whether it's home or away, all the way around the building, down the block, wherever they are, of people in line waiting to get tickets. But I, I, it really reminds me of that uh, Kirk Goldsberry uh, picture that that you have that is just like a mix of a, a of a outdoors map and all the places where cool basketball stuff happened and he all intertwines it together. And I just think it would be cool if more courts had that, whether it was buzzer beaters, major, uh, major milestones like this. I think that'd be very cool and just add more, add more to this. The it's deserving. It's more again, the, the timetable of it all. And and the reason of like, I'm not sure why they felt the need for this to rush. And with, with all respect to the college, you know, she's she's a really big deal and she's not going to be there forever and you're going to have a hard time ever replacing her. And these sort of tributes give you like an extension off of it where you can bring it back for a day or a night and to kind of not and to choose not to do that just seemed a, a little suspicious. Uh, again, it's not like she doesn't deserve it and that like she didn't she didn't have it like she like uh, nobody's saying she's, this is wrong. Like this, this is fine. She set the record. It's it's a cool idea. It just seems like a, a missed money opportunity almost for them for next year. And yeah, I don't know. I don't know many businesses that would have chosen to go this way. But I, I guess it's some credit to to not really think about the money of it. I just you know, are we? What are we doing this for? We're, we're doing this to have feel good moments, I guess. You know, we'll we'll, we'll pay for the intuitions with all that. It's, it's fine. It's just money over here. All right, games games to look forward to. What do you got this week? For this week, tomorrow, Tuesday night, we have Kentucky at Mississippi State. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure you're, you're watching these games. I, I just I can't quite figure it out. They had a they had a rough stretch at home, and then they were going to Auburn, and it was looking like this is this is not going to be good. Nine and a half point underdogs. Auburn had game day, and just you know these guys are partying all day, getting all hyped up, and then Kentucky walks in and. Just smacks him around. Coach uh, Coach Cal does a little victory tour afterwards. This straw man argument about how, you know, no one believed in him and the team and, you know, just really peacocking. And then they get upset by LSU. Oh, well, that's not great. And then it's like, oh, well, I thought Alabama was going to be the hard game, you know, of this week. Not, not LSU. And then they come out and they absolutely destroy Alabama. So... Mississippi State, they're not ranked, but they are a uh, they're they're a tough team. It's going to be at Mississippi State, and I'm just wondering which team shows up. Is it the Kentucky team that puts up over 100 points and looks like, you know, like the most efficient team in the in in the whole in the whole country, or, you know, that the team where they can barely get in, into the 70s and they can't stop anybody on defense. So do you have any? To see which team shows up. Do you have any other SEC games? Two more. All right, go for them. I got an SEC take. If you got more games, I'll, I'll talk more about them. Okay, yeah, I got I got two more. Uh, actually, Tennessee on here twice. Uh, Wednesday, Auburn is at Tennessee, and then on Saturday, Tennessee's at Alabama. So Tennessee is in for a, uh, I guess it could be a really good week or uh, or or a rough week. But those two games are both could be really good. And then 
also on Saturday, uh, Big Ten, Illinois at Wisconsin. I think that's going to be a really good one. I don't think the SEC is the best conference, but I think it's the most competitive. So, like, if you want to disrespect okay. Kentucky, I think you're basically saying you don't think Auburn or Tennessee is that good either. Because I think they're all, on the right day, are right there. And I don't think you could argue – I think it's silly to argue one over another at this point. I think it's just – it may, may be not the best conference, but I think this is a really tight one. And, and I could see even teams like Florida sneaking up pretty regularly where, where they get hot and they could just score a whole bunch of offense. Mississippi State, as you mentioned. I, 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 like, I like a lot of these teams, but I, I, I think there's – there's, there's days where we go in being like, well, I guess Auburn's the real good one and Kentucky's not. And it's like the next night, it's like, well, I guess, maybe maybe not. You know, maybe it's the other way around. So I, I'm i still kind of analyzing my rankings of, of the conferences right now. It's it's hard to pick a steady hand when I said like it's it's just really competitive. So I, I, I agree with you and I, I, I am excited but apprehensive where it's less than a week. It's going to be March. So, like, the season is getting towards the end, but we're getting toward, close to conference tournament time, and I'm looking at their projected end-of-season uh, uh, end of season standings on, on Ken Palm, and right now uh, it goes Alabama, Tennessee, Auburn, South Carolina. The first four get the double bye. So that means you're going to have Kentucky, ranked Kentucky and ranked Florida, if this all holds, that are going to have to play like I'm going to call it like, like the early game. And these are ranked teams before they, like, so, you know, they're, you're going to be fighting tooth and nail just to try to get up into the, those top four seeds. So you don't have to play the extra game because you're going to have to play in the, the conference tournament. You play every day. So it, 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 it doesn't get brought up as much because NBA it's throughout the season where it's only conference tournament time that, uh, that college teams play back to back. And you know, yep, they're for sure super young, but just kind of figuring that out. So yeah, I think that that, that conference uh, tournament is going to be a lot of fun. My other take is that the, the Big Ten's the worst, the weakest one. You can have your your Purdue's, your Illinois's, your Michigan State, whatever. It's fine. Not impressed. Even even that the, is interesting. Even even the Big East with with solo kind of Connecticut and uh, Creighton and Barquette kind of sneaking in there, but you know we we've seen them look hot and cold a couple nights, but. I, I think the really only steady team I've seen the whole year, and, and even they've had some vulnerabilities, has been Houston. I think Connecticut's got a hell of a punch. I I, I can't buy into Arizona, and yet I, if I lost to them, I wouldn't feel that bad. But I don't yeah, feel great. Yeah, they just great. got upset last week, too. I don't feel great picking them, either. Like They don't look like they've really won the games they're supposed to win. I mean, the, the problem is, is none of these teams are going to really be the adult in the room. All right, they're, they're all kids. Like Any of these teams, you see the vulnerabilities happen every night, but I, I worry a little bit about the SEC, as you said, getting a little depth in there and some maybe not getting uh, the, the preference of, of buys of all that. But I think any one of those teams, even in the situations they ended, I think will be very, very dangerous in March just because I think this has been an ultra-competitive conference this year of who's on top, who's king of the court, changes every other week. And it, I think it's going to continue to change. And this is uh, – it's, uh, it's unfortunate, but we, we do this all the time in sports where – if the SEC gets a lot of teams in and they all make pretty good runs, it's oh well, look how competitive their conference was. But if they don't, it's just gonna it's gonna be the same line that you know the we've talked about with the Big Ten in the past of oh well, you know they are really good, but they just beat up on each other for three months, and by the time they get to the tournament, they're worn out. So are you battle tested or are you worn out? And it's just we just always do it in reverse. I got a couple other games I wrote down here. All right, what do you got? 
I got a big week for Kansas. Uh, I think they're going to take care of business against BYU tomorrow night, Tuesday. But I think they're in for some trouble against Baylor on Saturday. Baylor, I, man, that Baylor, it was a Baylor-Houston this past week where it was like a Houston had a real big run and then Baylor came back and just a second half momentum at all, made a real game out of it. And then Houston being able to deliver blows, take a couple punches and still yeah. really finish yeah, it out. Right. That, was, that was Saturday. That, that, that went to overtime. I, I, I was... I was very impressed by both teams because, you know, when you're down and then when the other team comes back, it didn't seem like either team really panicked, and that's that's impressive in, in a moment like this. When you're down by double digits at home and, and then you just come back and get into it, that's impressive by Baylor. But then for Houston to kind of keep the composure after blowing the lead on the road and take care of business in overtime, I, I really I really just thought that was an impressive win uh, by Houston and an impressive showing by Baylor that I think they're going to top Kansas later in the week here. So those are... The, the two the two games I kind of circled Kansas Kansas uh, I think Marquette will take care of Creighton at two thirty on Saturday that's that's another one Florida South Carolina three thirty that's another tight game here uh, what like one of those teams as you said these these sort of SEC games are really going to come critical kind of down the stretch here because one of them is going to be in a way better position than another and it may come down to just one of these simple matchups uh, and then the prayer on Saturday night Michigan State at Purdue it's it's Ooh, at Mackey, that's going to be tough. You know, we've never taken the easy way. Like you said, Izzo is is a March guy. This could this could be one of those starts of just like it doesn't make any sense, but it seems well, like magic what, when it works. What is the uh, what is the date on Saturday? No idea. March second. That's all you need to know. March. Oh, so the, so we're the win percentage goes up. You're right. All right, so the t- tick of the month. <laughs> yeah. Suddenly, all the analytics make sense. All right. Okay. Cool. I'm I'm all in. It's completely sold. See, you know, see, you're, now you're understanding. The next thing all I, you have to do is just not lose in March, and then you're gonna be good. That's just that's gonna be your mindset. You got to make it to the tournament, and you just can't lose in March. If you don't lose in March, you're you're in the final four. Boom, easy. Speaking of not losing in March, that'd be great for these bet consequences that we got to get rolling a little bit here. Unfortunately, the remaining consequence of last year, which has already been delayed a year, is is uh, I guess in jeopardy to, to some degree. Uh, is it can we blame it on global war- warming or is this just negligent planning by us? Because we might not have any snow by next week. Like very likely, the, the whole East Coast is getting a massive heat wave right now. That. This shirtless ski down, which is last year's consequence that I have to do, may not be as punishing as as it could be, and I don't know how how to avoid it. I have no idea how to go around it at this point because if it's just not going to be cold, we have to do it, and whatever we do is just going to be it. But it's certainly not, I think, what we ever envisioned, and and maybe we'll get a cold day. Maybe I'll be wrong. Maybe maybe we could just add some special effects. I'll have some AI stuff, you know, just add some snow. Uh, but we do need to get the ball rolling a little bit on future consequences of what we think this year's should be. I'm still proposing, and the only real idea that I, I've come up with is that uh, the other person, the loser, would have to host some sort of dinner party. I, I'm thinking some sort of like Thanksgiving in June sort of thing, but uh, don't don't take that exactly. You could play with whatever theme you want, but the idea of, of having everyone over, planning some sort of meal, and entertaining them for an, an afternoon or a night of, of some form. I don't really have much How else. Many people? You know, I wrote down eight people minimum, fifteen max. Okay. I, 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 I was trying, I'm trying to figure that part out because it's like, well, yeah, like can't just have like two people. Totally up, that. totally up for discussion. It's like, yeah, kind of. Okay. 
But I this think it's good because all of mine, all of mine are pretty much half baked at this point. It's just like a jumping off point. Well, this is this is that this is that show right now because that's that's where we're at. We got to come up with an idea as soon as she said it's gonna be March next week, and this this bet would ideally be locked in uh, sooner rather than later. Seeing how we we've taken our time with the last couple of years of <laughs> nothing seasonal, all right, and just nothing limited with with that anymore, right? That, that seems to not be our benefit. Uh, but what do you got then? What what are the half baked ideas? All right, so the first one, like I said, all these are pretty half baked, so you know nothing set in stone. Just looking, you know, throwing stuff against the wall, see what sticks. We redo an old consequence. We just put all the old consequences in a bag, and then you pull one out, and that's what you have to do. This seems like a sick trick to get me to play basketball again, because a lot of them were blank, blank, blank as you play basketball. Well, I didn't even think about that, but yes, you're right. Uh, next one, uh, also basketball related. Uh, <laughs> certain number of free throws made in a row slash total. I wasn't sure if it would be like if you added up all the differences in all the games, if you had to make that many free throws, like would that be a lot? Would that not be a lot? So still, like I said, that's a half-baked. We kind of talked about this one last year, stealing this from the uh, part of my take, guys, the the bowling contest where you got to bowl a 300, which is obviously impossible for us, but it's like every hot dog that you eat, every beer that you have, it like lowers lowers the score and makes it a little bit easier. So as you go along, you get a better chance to, you know, so it's all right. You don't have to bowl a 300. You only have to bowl a 250. And then, all right, now it's only a 200. And eight hours later, okay, all you have to do, all you have to do is get triple digits. Uh, I have uh, weird facial hair for all of April. Uh, for example, you'd have to have a soul patch. Also stolen from part of my take. Uh, this one, I think we almost got in a fight over this one. I couldn't remember exactly where we both fell on it, but you have to go camping for 24 hours. And I believe this one was your idea, but it was if you won that there were just no more consequences. I also had that written down still. Yeah. If I, if I win, I get to just delay all consequences and we could do it for a year. It doesn't even need to be forever. I would love for it to be forever. I'm, I'm ready to get over this. This is, I'm too old for this stuff. I can't come up with any more ideas. I thought it would be intriguing for the the listeners to see some sort of consequence annually, us just doing something silly, as well as just physically seeing us, seeing how we're just a, a vocal podcast. There is no video aspect to it, and I don't really care to advertise anymore. All right, you either, either like us and listen, or you don't. Like subscribe, thanks. Like that's, that's where I'm at. I got, I'm not. I don't know who we're doing this for anymore. Is really what I'm at. Like it's, it, it's, it's. It's already consequence enough just losing to you. Like, I don't know if I really need to top it off with some th- something else. Yeah, I, yeah you're not I, opposed I, I, I hear, I hear you. I, I, I hear you. I hear, I hear all, all the things you're saying. And I guess, yeah, we could, uh, yeah, we, we, we could entertain that idea and how we'd, uh, do like a little, little swan song on the, on the way out. Or maybe it's a, uh, it's, it's not, it's, it's for us. It's not for the audience. So rather than it being something absurd or disgusting or terrible, if it is more of a, hey, losers got to take the winner out to dinner. Losers got to buy the the winner a nice uh, nice bottle of uh, of whiskey. You know, a little more. You know, a little more mature. Is that you know that kind of what you're thinking? Yeah, or like the house party thing. <laughs> Planning sucks. Like it's just, even. Even I'm not really. I, I've entertained before. I'm not worried about the cooking at all. But it's it's a lot of work. It's a ton of work. 
I think that's that's the real consequence of all this. So that's it, it's it's socializing. I, I I think it's the most consequ- the most consequential thing you could probably make me do. You got to clean beforehand. You got to clean afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. No. It's it's uh it's it's effort. It's definitely a consequence. All right. Well, that it's seems like we got the ball rolling enough here that we got yeah. something to go through, and I'm sure. If you have any ideas, you can submit them, submit them to the podcast. Let us know. You can let me or Zach know. You can reach us on our Facebook page or our Twitter page, Little Column A, Little Column B. You can reach Zach on his Twitter, X page, which is Wicked Z Man 24. All right. Is that it for college? Let's move along here. Yep. Let's give, yep. The, give these professionals a shot here where they have some silly Well, it's just as we're transitioning over, I mean, there's a certain level of last week. You were very upset about the All-Star weekend because the players don't care. And so kind of by extension, the fans don't care. And then on the other side, we have college where we literally, are, some people are calling it a problem because the fans are so excited they're running on the court. It's like, wouldn't the NBA love to be ha- having to deal with this problem rather than the problems that they're dealing with? No, I I would hate it. I, it's it's fine where it's at. I don't want to see I don't it. mean quite. I don't mean literally running onto the court. Like, nope, NBA, they're way, they're, they're dealing with, fans already too close but I, I just mean the general excitement level i think if you walk on the court from an nba fan perspective and you and there's nba guys on there they have the right to hit you and you're in way more jeopardy of a large physical human being really putting you in some actual danger i i i, I can't support it in any way but um yeah i mean it, it's it's a different sport I, i'm all i'm all for it Okay, I, I get the difference. There's an energy with it all, and it's it's appropriate over there. It doesn't. I don't think that would really enhance the NBA. You really think it'd be like that much better? No, that, that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying equal one to one of allowed court storming in the NBA. These multimillionaires, like, just no, that would not. I just I just mean the general like the excitement level that fans are so excited to go to a college game, and that the NBA is like they're doing this in season tournament. They're doing a play in tournament. Like they're trying to like steal some of like the college basketball-ness of it. Where, like I said, where we're coming off of it, just like, it's just so close of they had an all-star weekend that less and less people are going to watch every year if that's the product they continue to put out. Is the SEC like the Western Conference? Is that what you're saying? Where seeds one through seven are just seven games apart? Seeds, uh, seeds one through eight are seven games apart. While on the East Coast, the Celtics have a seven and a half lead over second place. It's a tale of two two conferences here. The the West is so tight and and such a conference there. You know, we mentioned the playing tournament, where you know if you're ranked within the top ten, you're you're gonna have a chance to make the playoffs. In, in the West right now, it's not even gonna be a race to the playing game. It's gonna be a race to get out of the playing game. Who's gonna be the five six seed, and and who's gonna have to play the Lakers and Warriors just to get into the playoffs? to then only get rewarded with playing, you know, one of the top seeds anyway. So uphill battle. Well, you, you, you say that, but right now it's the Lakers or the Warriors. It wouldn't be both of them because they're nine ten right now. So they'd play the first game and one of those teams would be out immediately. So unless something changes and for sure, something could change the, the, the Warriors have looked much, much better coming out of the, the all-star break, but I think that's some of the wild part too is the play-in right now being the Pelicans, the Mavericks, the Lakers, and the Warriors. I wouldn't want to play the Lakers or the Warriors unless I was. I guess unless I was. Who would you? Who would you rather play? If you let's say 
you they they get up and they were to make it one of them would make it to the eighth seed. So like this is our all tied south. Yeah, I guess pick you you can pick which team you want to be and which team you want to play. I would want to play the Pelicans. I, you know, the Luka matchup of one single game terrifies me. But the me. Pelicans have a, a th- three and a half. Like, uh, they, they, you think they'd, they'd lose twice at home? To those teams? Yeah. I think they, they would didn't lose. mention how, uh, you know, another Duke star was also violently assaulted last week. It wasn't just Flip. Zion. Kevin Love tried to tackle him. Tried to end his career. Don't 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 do that. Started 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 a whole brawl. Slow. Five suspensions. Nobody even knows who you're talking about. All right, they've never even heard of this guy. He never plays. It's it's irrelevant and Ah. completely misled. Seems like he's playing all the time, and you know, people can't even stop him from from doing anything. He's got he had some big blocks last week. It's very exciting when he plays. It's very exciting when he plays. I won't say anything more than that. It's it just would be lying. Can I say one more thing about Zion? It's actually Zion tangentially, and then we can go back to the to the standings. Yeah, no, that's fine. I, I, so the Suns are one game ahead of them. That's the team that has the hardest schedule. No, remaining they're tied. Right now. They're tied right now, right? Or, or, or they're tied. They're three-way tied. Three-way tie. Yeah, three-way tie. They have the hardest remaining schedule. So whatever the, what, the Pelicans do. No, the Suns. Oh, the Suns do. The oh. Suns have the hardest well, remaining schedule. That's not good because they are pretty uh, injury-prone. Yep. They're they're they have the hardest remaining schedule for sure. They're gonna play p- pretty much the the teams that they're only like the the easier games they're gonna have are like the teams three games below them. It's like the Mavericks, the Warriors, and the Lakers are the easiest teams that they're gonna play on schedule. Which that's not to their benefit at all. Like it, it could they could easily take care of business of all that. But every other game is a superior team, or or on the road they they have no gimmies and they have no time and. I, I think that they're going to end up in the playing game. It seems inevitable just based on their schedule challenge alone. Assuming everyone else stays where they're at. You know, there's an injury to any of these other teams. And they become significantly worse. You know, that can certainly benefit them. But that that that's going to be a challenge for them. Yeah, I mean, you you mentioned the, uh, the, the, the seven-game spread between one and eight. But I think you can really even divvy it up into uh, the four teams at the top within three games. Then you have... The four teams below that within a half a game of each other, and then even below that, then you could go with uh, get basically just the Lakers and the Warriors that are three three plus games behind that, and they're all kind of like in those sections. There's really not that many games left, so like to overcome like a three or four point or uh, three game lead, it doesn't seem like much, but I, it kind of kind of is without some sort of major injury. I mean, I'm look. I got the Sun schedule up here. Then the next two games. It's a home and away with the Rockets. Should hopefully take care of business there. It's home You're to right. the Thunder. It's at the Nuggets. It's home to the Raptors, who are a little bit more reduced now than they were earlier. It's home to the Celtics. It's at the Cavaliers. It's at the Celtics. It's at Charlotte. I get. I'll give you that one. It's at Milwaukee. It's we ho- talk about Charlotte's rejuvenated. Were they four and one since the trade deadline? Shout out, Grant. Uh, it's right home against the Sixers, who by March twentieth, you know, just maybe that's that's the Sixers team that's that's a little bit better that with uh, that guy that that Joel Embiid guy back. That's hopefully going to be the case there, but otherwise, you know, that's not a great one. Uh, I don't think he's going to be back by then, but maybe home to Atlanta, home and away against the Spurs, at the Nuggets, at the Thunder, at the Pelicans, home to Cavs. 
home to Timberwolves. Like these are just these are, none of these games. It's a it, 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 yeah. There's not a lot of gimmies in there. There's no like, gimmies in here. As well as all these other teams that I'm talking about are like one or two games ahead or behind or, or near them, and they're not going to want to blow any of these games. Like the, it's going to change the the Western Conference rankings every game. So like in some way it's in their own in their own hands. But this is this is certainly a hard hand to have to play and. I, I think they're going to be the one that drops down. So maybe maybe New Orleans doesn't even have to worry about anything that I'm I'm talking right now. I just I'm not in love with that New Orleans team. It's fun to see Zion play, and I hope he's healthy. There's there's still a kind of what if wow factor that could easily happen. But I'm I'm not in love with that the way that team's constructed, it's, especially in comparison to the team surrounding them. I, I I still like like the Kings. I like the Kings a lot more. The Clippers a lot more. Thunder more. Nuggets more. Timberwolves more. And and maybe maybe some of the teams below them as well. But that's just me. Well, you had a Zion thing you wanted to take, and I, I just kind of didn't let you have it, but I'll let you have it. Did you uh, lose just it? That he, th- no, that, that's that he's he's been he's been playing well recently, and he has been on the court. And I, I guess it's not a rivalry because he doesn't know who I am. But I, you know, I listen to the Ringer guys and Big Waz. I just feel like the whole time he's negative about pretty much everybody. It's like there's one or two players or teams he chooses like a week that he will just almost more be neutral about and then everyone else is just trash and like the worst thing he's ever seen and laughs about it and he i feel was one of the tips of the spear of the zion is fat and terrible and all these negative things and then now that zion's been playing better he said oh yeah well zion's in shape like he's you know he's spelt now he's looking good it's like i cannot like how could you look at an athlete and like be able to tell like that their weight is better from last month to this month. I can't imagine it's changed like at all. Especially like it's like they're wearing jerseys. Like you can't. It, and so it just it's mostly anti anti big was and just couldn't believe that he did like this one eighty of just like oh you know he's, he's he's in shape now and just like oh well now now he looks good. It's like if you took two pictures, you would not be able to tell the difference in which one was from January or which one was from December and which one was from February just uh just made me upset i i would be shocked if the pelicans played a home game and i don't think they'll be able to advance out of the first round on the road so they're oh they're... when i was saying home i meant uh playing uh game home yeah i mean that's i i, I yeah we'll see we'll but see they that... really they really shouldn't be i mean let's say let's say it all it, it went chalk right now and they got the seventh seed uh, i mean the seventh seed's really not supposed to be the two seed i mean it happened uh last year with the, the the Lakers catching the catching the Grizzlies, but I would say, I mean, if you go back, I, I don't think the expectations would be, oh, well, you know, the Pelicans, well, they made the playoffs, they're supposed to win from from the seven spot. So I I think just even them making the playoffs and moving in that direction, I think is good for them. Cool. Then why do we spend so much time talking about a team that's not even that good? Because because Zion's well, on I it. Think, I think I think we were talking about all the teams. No, we were. I it just they're they're not really a threat. So this idea that Zion's supposed to have these expectations still it's like well sure but like they change and i don't think it's fair to have those expectations with him anymore it, it's nice to see him playing that's that's all i'm gonna leave it at it's crazy to think that this team's gonna go anywhere uh, well not this year but we'll see all right let's switch to the other conference where i think the more intriguing thing is atlanta right now where trey young is gonna be out he's gonna be out for quite some time and we both talked about it and kind of came to the conclusion almost immediately not even together, like just kind of the same feeling. Like, what if they're like a lot better without Trey, and that the, the off season is like, all right, we have we have what we have right now. We'll find something, and that we're 
we're just going to move on from this guy. Like it's, I don't think that's wild. Like you didn't think that was wild either. Like how they're ten seed right now. I, I, I'm not saying they're, they're not. Gonna, they're not going to make the playoffs. You don't think you don't think Atlanta's going to make the playoffs? No. Well, you don't think they're going to be no, in the play-in game? I, I think, I think without Trey, that they're going to fall out. I think I think Brooklyn or the Raptors will catch them. But either either way, I, I just don't see them winning two games to get into the playoffs. I think they could pass Chicago and be a nine seed and then win in the play-in and then lose, in, lose as an eight seed, inevitably. I could see them taking down someone like Orlando. I, I'm not in love with Trey. I thought he'd be a lot better. I, I, I just I still think they have a really good coach, and I think if you allow that coach to actually coach a team, which Trey, I think, is pretty much – I'm saying this nicely, is uncoachable. He's, he's a specific – it's a specific style that he has to play, and he's a, he's a, he's a smaller guy. So your defense, it, you, as good as it is on offense, the defense has to balance it out, and you have to do special things. I, I think Atlanta's going to be better off. I think they're going to go in a bit what of a was, uh, What was uh, Trey's injury? I know he's uh, he's or is he out for four weeks, or will, will be reevaluated in four weeks? I think he was reevaluated. Yeah, that's 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 not good. I I, I would guess that he's not going to play again this year. That's uh, a left hand surgery. Hmm. I guess you could stay in shape, so you don't have to worry about that. I just don't think so. I think they're going to be so far down, and it's he is their most uh, expensive asset. I think this is a shut it down. Don't even try to rush him back. We're not going to try to do anything crazy for you to play in the the play in play in game, basically. All right, Celtics time. I mentioned they got a seven and a half game lead. They've been On playing an eight game win streak. Great. All all great stuff. The the headline that I keep seeing is 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 both like pro and anti Tatum. There's the he could be in the MVP conversation and yet I don't think anyone's taking him serious for it. It could be him being very, very focused on going for a championship and saying once I get this, then they'll start considering for all that, which is probably correct. And and then there's also like the back of his mind that I think he knows if he if he wanted to be putting up massive numbers he, he could be, and he just tells it because he wants to win the game, and he knows the only way they're going to win this championship is if they play a certain way. So in some ways, I think he's being punished for doing the right thing and, and not necessarily getting the reward that he wants, but I think we're still on a real good pace to him getting that championship. I mean, we've had a whole lot of success with this guy. I think we've talked – I don't know if we did this even on the podcast or it was just uh, through our messaging throughout the week of – you know, how many of these past playoff series was the Celtics really supposed to win outside of that Miami one last year, which was so painful and such a mess? I, I don't think there was any chance of us beating Gold State in the finals. You know, you go even farther, you know, game seven against the Cavs. That was it was a miracle we were even in that game. Like, these are very, very overachieving successes that I, I think are being very overlooked now. And now it's it's winner go home all in this year. Sure. But I I think that he still does have a chance of actually being the face of the league. And it just just got to keep winning. Just got to actually get a real one. And I don't think you can really pick a part. I think he's got a strong of a resume, as as you could say, anyone who doesn't have a championship could get at this point. And he's twenty five. Best I, player on the on, on the best team right now. He has had some some dud games in the playoffs, but like you said, he's he's twenty five. If you're gonna go look, uh. It, just a lot of guys his age have not played this many 
playoff games. And I would say on the, on the flip side, he's had some absolute gems. The Sixers game seven last year, where he scored 50 points. Like that's not happening all, all, all the time. Like that takes a really special uh, person and player to be able to put up those sorts of numbers in a win in the most, like more like the highest pressure, pressure games. And yeah, the, the, the heat series, we, we knew as soon as like the playoffs started <laughs> when the plans were going, I was like, we don't want to play the heat. We don't want to play the heat. And we avoided them early on, but then we had to play them later. And I, I think we've made adjustments this year and, the Jays are the same, but the rest of the core of this team is very different. And I think that we are in a much better spot than we have been in previous years. Like you said, we are seven and a half games ahead of the number two seed. And we're five games ahead of the next closest team in the entire in the entire league. We have a double-digit um, point differential, which leads us to who... who Easy, easy guess. Who plays the most minutes for for the Celtics? Derek White. No, Tatum. He's only averaging thirty six minutes a game, and I think that uh, Missoula, for all the in game uh, stuff we want to give him a hard time about, I think he's been doing an excellent job of managing uh, the, the the load management. These guys get rest pretty frequently. We've done on the back to backs that Al plays one game. Porzingis plays the other game, and I think if we continue to do that, especially with this much of a lead, we should be going into these playoffs like the most healthy, like like out of out of anyone, and like out of any year in the past. I think it's just going to come down to we've gotten tripped up in the playoffs. Our offense has looked stagnant at times, and is that the coach's fault? Is that the player's fault? I, you know, we got to figure that out, and just when this becomes playoff and not regular season do we run into those problems again and i we're i I don't i don't mean to kind of keep bringing this back to college but it's just going to be like purdue you know great regular season team this past couple of years but when they get into the into the tournament and they get crushed and we're not even getting crushed in the first round i mean we're making it deep (laughs) i take us over the sixers all, all day long but if we don't do it in the playoffs, the people are going to come back. They're going to keep. They're going to continue with their with their chirping. We need to have this dominance that we're having in the regular season in the playoffs this year. I just don't want Tatum to change the course he's on at all. The numbers are down this year. I don't want that. To, I don't want anyone to even talk about him taking a step back. If anything, I think that's a massive step forward of some maturity and a lot of other things that he's doing out there that aren't going to show up in the stat board. Playing different positions defensively has been a big thing this year. Przingis certainly helps all that, but it's also given him a whole lot of extra flexibility that I think he's really stepped up to, and that's not going to show up in the stat sheet. And that, like Even leading the team in minutes, this, his stats aren't going to be the same. None of the guys' stats are going to be the same. This is, this is Drew's worst season at all. He's made a whole bunch of sacrifices, and yet I still think he's as hungry ever as ever out there. And defensively, I, I can't wait to see this team actually lock down defensively and take it all seriously for a game let alone a series. I, I'm all right with everything, but the idea of him talking about being the face of the league, it's like, just stay on the track you're on and you'll get there. Like, I, Jokic yeah. doesn't want it. The, yeah, that was a that was an interesting interview, but I think he said all all of the right things where it, 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 sometimes you, you just come across a headline. It's like, wait, Tatum just say this out of nowhere. It's like, oh no, he, he was in an interview and this was a specific question he was asked. It's like, what is he supposed to say? 
like no no i think i'm the the sixth best player it's like no all those guys they're like yeah every time i step on the court i'm the best like absolutely and i don't i like the whole face of the league thing that's not something that tatum has to be concerned about that's something that adam silver has to be concerned about the marketing department has to be concerned about that's that's not tatum's job at all tatum's job is to win basketball games for the celtics that's what he can focus on and i very much agree with you if you win and you win championships you become more recognizable you get talked about more you become more popular and you know you gather more and more fans or if they're not fans haters like just you you occupy more people's uh more more space in people's minds I just worry. This is the only real thing we're in jeopardy of. Is that, like I said, it's already a successful resume as is. If he doesn't get any, and there's a whole lot of almost and close attempts, it's going to look like a bunch of wasted opportunities. But the reality of looking back at all of them in detail, he wasn't supposed to be in any of those. Like they're all like very overachieving, successful moments still. And I just, if they don't get it done this year, I don't want to look at back at any of it and be like, yeah, complete failure. It was like no. It was, this would we be the pushed, only. He pushed LeBron yeah. to a game seven as a rookie. Yeah, no, that's a. Uh, but you know we, that's. We weren't even supposed to be close to that. But that's if that's where this we're starting the bars. What I'm saying, it's already incredibly high. Like we're start. That's the rookie year. Is just like all right, game seven, almost a chance to go to the finals against a team that was probably not even supposed to advance out of one round, let alone that far. Right, with no no Kyrie and no Hayward. Of which that season completely sabotaged in the first two minutes of the season. I, it's it's a whole lot of what ifs evolve it, but I I like the direction we're at. I like the way we play basketball, and I'm very critical of Missoula, as you said. But it's 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 going pretty well, and he's setting some records as well right now. Where you know he's he's only coached a year and a half, and outside of the disaster of Miami last year, it's it's been a pretty successful team. Like they they have a ton of wins. Like it's absurd the amount of wins he has for as critical as everyone is of him, including me. Like, I, I get it. Like, he could just come back at me and be like, well, I've won this many games. Is is there anyone else that's done that? And over the last two years, not many. Not th- not that many. Short list. Anything Do else? you have any concern that right now Miami is tied with the Magic as the seventh and eighth seed? So if things went chalk, I guess I guess technically I think they're a little bad, but we, we might have to play Miami in the first round. How concerned are you that that might happen? It's ten out of ten. It's it's like, why would I continue to doubt this team? They they're they're the team that if you doubt them, you're you're gonna lose to them. If you come in not doubting them, you, you're gonna have a better chance against them. They haven't exactly figured out the scary Terry thing, and I, I think that trade again reflects a lot more of a threat in the playoffs than it does right now. But it doesn't matter. You know, it's like, who's going to turn on for the Miami Heat this year? Is, is it going to be Hawkes this year that's the guy that just catches fire? Is Martin going to come back to life like he did last year? I, 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 I don't know. Look, the, the I, Lakers. These, these guys. The Lakers would love nowhere. for Gabe Vincent to show up for them. He hasn't even played a game. Like, that That would be nice. These are all guys that killed us last year that haven't even been relevant since those Unreal. games. Unreal. Unreal three-point shooting pers- like performances. I'm still terrified of them. I'm scared of the Knicks too. I know we took care of business and they're they're banged up, but there's a world where the Knicks have a very similar formula to what Miami beat us with last year. I, I just hard nose, grind it out, gonna make your life very difficult. Physical team that that can close out some games and really put some pressure on you. I I, I think they have the formula of being I think that's very at their, similar. Maybe like at their absolute 
you know, peak. And for sure, they, they had a nice little like little run. And maybe it's because of, because of the injuries, but it just that they haven't sustained it. The injuries have been brutal, though. You can't incorporate new guys, lose some key guys, and lose some of the new guys. It's like you trade it away and you get anything back in exchange. You know, when OG's not there, it's not like, oh, well, we just added him and we didn't give up anything. So you gave up some stuff and you got him in exchange. You know, I know they got a couple other pieces, but I don't think Burks and Bogdanovich were really going to be this this relied on in the long run. So, it- yeah, I'm I'm not, I'm not saying that they that they they don't have it and that the injuries aren't pay, aren't playing a factor. Just it was just such a short window where they did get everyone, and it's just like, oh, yep, they were they were really good, but it was like a, it was a small burst. And I was, I was like, all right, let's see when they, they they come back and see was that burst real or was that just you know a, a nice little little run that they had. I'd rather play the Cavaliers over anybody. I, I'm still not very scared of them. The the whatever the Knicks did to them last year, I can't unsee. Cool. So even when I see them having a very successful, the two seed right now in the East, and I'm bashing them based on something that happened months ago because it wasn't. It was more than just losing a series. It was a domination. It was a broken spirit of a team that played a certain way and then just could no longer play that way. So I, I, I'm just not sold on them. It, I don't think they've solved any of the problems that they had last year. And I think the second we hit the playoffs, all those problems come right back. Where they got to make up their mind of this Mobley. Allen combination, or they're they're going to be benching one of them, and I don't know if that's necessarily the right answer either. If you if you have both these guys and they can't be on the floor together, maybe you're better off with someone else that could be on the floor with one of them. I, I it's it's a very weird situation to be in, but it's it's one where I, I I no matter how successful the Cleveland is, I I'm not going to buy anything until they win a first round matchup. Like I, I'm much more scared of the Knicks than I am Cleveland. W- would you agree? I don't know. I don't know. I I I hear everything that you're saying, but it's just I don't know. There's something about like it's 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 the Knicks, you know. It's just is this is the normal Knicks? scary and in, in, in a long time. I, I, yeah, I, I I hear you. But then it's like is uh it, it, are are they actually going to get healthy? I mean, Cleveland was healthy last. It, it's yeah. No uh, health concern for everybody. It's it's also the Milwaukee at some point is going to actually get into a rhythm. I imagine they can only suck for so many games for so long before the talent just comes through of this team and is like, all right, yeah, guys, I don't care who's coaching. I don't care what the last game is. We have Giannis and Dame. We should win a little bit more. And then that'll happen. Julius Randle just seems so uh, hot and cold. So it's when he comes back with these new guys, does, does it work or is it just, you know, the guy that we, we've seen it at times where it's just, man, like, what, what is this guy doing out here? But then he has other times where it's, it, this is the leader of the team. <laughs> like, how, how, is, how is no one talking about him? I think there's so even less pressure on him. Get. There's even less pressure on him this year, though, that if he doesn't have it, which is a frequent thing we've seen, I think he has a little bit more of a supporting cast that they have some alternative lineups to play. I don't think they need to be nearly as reliant on him. I, I think they want to be. Like you said, there's just going to be some games he just doesn't have it, whether it's foul trouble or he's just a little slower offensively. And he does, it's not like he really stretches the floor. They, they can go out there with a whole bunch of shooting and, and not play him. Or, or make him play big. And, and and now he's your center. Like, just go crazy small ball or something. I I, I think he could be 
flexed out into different positions and the scoring that you need from him can be harvested a little bit more from Burks and Bogdanovich than they, they could have done previously. Hopefully. Uh, you got anything else for the NBA? Uh, just, uh, did you see the, the whole Clippers rebrand? Did you have any, any thoughts on that? I like the uniforms. I thought they were, the colors looked good. I, I thought the, the logo was, was fine. I, I'm I'm much more intrigued by the, the actual arena, the stadium, and the the behind the the free throw lines and the effort. What is that, it? The uh, oh, was it the the wall? What are they calling it? The wall? It's the wall of something. Something like that. I, I'm more intrigued to see how that's going to look and play out. And you wanted a little bit more of a college atmosphere. This seems like they're getting a little bit more creative with having some fun in the crowd. And I, I'm just intrigued on what a ton of money gets you in a modern arena that's been thought of and dreamed about for so long. And, and is it happening? It's gonna be cool. They they had to share, uh, you know, the the Staples Center crypto now with the, with the Lakers for for a long time. They've continually been uh, a snake bitten franchise. Some would say it's karma coming back with the their 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 owner. But I think it's cool that with Steve Ballmer buying the team, it, it makes total sense. If you're going to a new arena, just now's the time. A complete. Hey, we're just we're redoing everything. We're stepping into into a new era. I thought it was weird that's announced now. This seems like perfect off-season content. Hey, check it out, uniforms. Uh, I thought the uniforms they look a lot like the Wizards, but say so, hey, it's different different coasts. You know, not 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 a huge deal there. They already had similar colors. There's only so many colors and combinations, so not not a huge deal there. Uh, the logo. Where it's not the, the the letters the L and the C, and now it's uh looks like a big uh cruise ship. Pretty much forgot that Clippers stood for a uh like Clipper like a ship. Just because I don't feel like they've used any sort of boating imagery. Uh, I can't even think of like who their 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 mascot is, but like it's not it's not not a boat. Uh, it's just it's just one of those like I said, they're a snake bitten franchise. When I think of a clipper, my immediate thought isn't a boat. My immediate thought is had some good runs, but just like terrible endings and just in general, like bad franchise. Like that's a clipper. All right. My, my first thought, they, they reveal this, or at least I see it on Instagram and they have, there's three different versions of, of the uniform. There's the home away and the alter, uh, the alternate, right? And, mm-hmm. and the three players they have for it are Kawhi, Paul George and James Harden. The first thing I noticed was why the hell is James Harden in the middle? And is this just like, did they get a bad pose for each person? And the, the, the James one was the only one that looked good in the middle or what are we, what are we doing here? I, I don't, I just, I just so anti James Harden. that it's like, can I just hit him in some way or another? Like you shouldn't even be in the middle. Just put him over there to the side. I, I, put Kawhi in the middle, put Paul George in the middle. This guy's been here for months. And we're going to put you, him in the middle. You, you think, you think the middle is the premier spot? You, you don't think it is? And they're throwing I, all three guys in a, in a there's one guy in the middle and two guys on each side. You don't think James should? Uh, when I saw that, I really didn't overthink it. And I think we, you know, we took our shots when he went over there and they lost a bunch of games in a row, but now they're, now they're doing much better. So I, I think I can't say all the, uh, all the jokes that, uh, that I had before. Well, hopefully those two don't have egos over there and that everyone's all right. Actually, maybe this was the only way to not hurt anyone's ego was to put James in the middle. Cause he's the only one who's sensitive enough to be like, well, I'm not, I'm not the centerpiece that like, Kawhi doesn't care. He already knows he's the alpha and Paul George, 
he's been riding the coattails of Kawhi now for quite some time, Dean. Like, this is great. I don't need to stress a whole lot of other stuff. And I just show up and play. Maybe, maybe this was the right move. Maybe, maybe I'm overreading it. He is a free agent at the end of the season. All right, let's get out of here. Last topic here. You, you wrote down MLB uniforms. Are we really going to talk baseball in, in February? I mean, I know we don't have any snow and it's warm outside, but we got to do baseball? Have you seen the uniforms? No. No, I have. It's February. I, I don't even care about baseball when the season starts. Why would I care now? All right. Okay, well, you, you, might, <laughs> you might be interested. So... Nike is the one that designs the uniforms, and then they have a deal with Fanatics, and I believe Fanatics is the one that actually makes the uniforms. So there's been some changes from last year, and initially when this came out, they were taking pictures, and the quality definitely looked worse. But, you know, you're just looking at pictures, and I was seeing some complaints, and I was like, all right, yes, these are different, but this is just a typical case of, hey, these uniforms are not the same as before, this has changed, people hate change. I, I kind of wrote it off. Like, uh, in, in, a, in, a, in a few weeks, when the season starts, this will all be, you know, no one's even going to notice that the, you know, the, the stitching's a little different. But I guess it kind of looked like, you know, the, the, the cheap version that you get where, you know, the patch isn't sewed on, it's ironed on. So, all right, so maybe there's some more problems. Well, now, more recently, the real issue is that the pants are see-through. That seems like a pretty big problem. Uh, there's been some rather graphic pictures uh, of different angles that have uh, have been going around, but you would think once you reach, you know, the major leagues, you know, your pants would not be uh, not be see through. So uh, yeah, it seems like right now, baseball fanatics, Nike, everyone is trying trying to tell people, hey. Everything's fine. Don't worry about it. No, nothing to see here. But it sure seems like yes, there, uh, there is quite something to see here. Uh, and I, I don't know. Maybe this is a new uh, marketing direction that the MLB is going in as uh, they're losing viewers. I, I have, I have nothing. I got nothing to comment on. This. This is a disaster. <laughs> I need to get out of this podcast. The other thing is, is they have so limited fans. You could say they have only fans. And that's really where this all stuff belongs. Huh? Hey. Yeah, let's get out of here. I don't care about baseball. This is a ridiculous story. Perhaps they did this to stir up a little bit of buzz. Is that is that possible? You know, that's very possible. Is this very possible? Is this a, a futuristic smart thinking for a league that generally doesn't get a whole lot of attention now getting a whole bunch of attention, albeit attention for different reasons that are so unrelated to the sport? Um, please subscribe. A little column A, a little column B, where you get uh, all the sneak peeks. <laughs> uh, anything else from you? <laughs> Go sees. We'll be back. Column A, little column B. <laughs>